0: You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. All right. We're going to take a little break from the uh, series that we've been in, going through the book of Acts, and something that uh, I felt like the Lord just dropped in my heart this week, and I wanted to share with you. And I just want to do um, more of a teaching here on the importance of the walk of faith. Okay, I want us to just take a, a, a dive into this. Um, this idea here, this principle that God outlines in the Word. Because everything that we do involves our walk of faith, and that's a general term, I understand that. And so before we do that, I want to encourage you to get out uh, paper, pen, phones, whatever, however you take notes, because there's going to be information in here, and I don't want to inundate you with information, but I believe that there's going to be something that speaks to everybody at certain points in this message. And so make sure and take that. Uh, Write down the scripture especially, go back and read it, Uh, listen to our podcast um, if you need to hear it again. But the walk of faith is so uh, important in our journey, but it's a general statement because we all are probably in a different place in our walk of faith. Learning to trust the Lord, learning to hear His voice, learning to take a step of obedience. But we honor the Lord through our obedience as a walk of faith. And so understanding the importance of this and how we do this and how we grow in this is critical to our spiritual growth. And so this is something that even though we might have heard this idea before, learning and growing it is very, very important to how we begin to do the things that God has called us to do. So where I want to start this morning is I want to go back to one of the the first times that God called somebody by faith and cut covenant. And this is in Genesis chapter 12. And it's a conversation between God and Abram before God changed his name to Abraham, and so I want to read this to you. And there's a lot of significance in this. We're going to talk through this passage, and then I'm going to talk about some some of the importance of walking by faith and then how we do that. Uh, but this particular passage is 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 huge in the sense of how God moves in us and speaks tremendously to His character. And what I'm going to offer you this morning is a perspective that I pray you get a hold of and the Holy Spirit makes alive in your life, is that our God is a God of covenant. Okay, A lot of times when people read the Old Testament, what happens is they get stuck in the law. And there is a significance to the law. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that the law was a school teacher. The law led us to Jesus Christ who fulfilled the law. Right? He didn't remove the law. He fulfilled the law. But what preceded the law was covenant. And we see that through Adam. We see that through Abraham. Noah. We see that through Abraham, uh, Abraham David. And then we see it fulfilled in Jesus Christ. But what we're going to read here in just a minute in Genesis chapter 12 is when God called Abram and brought him into covenant, but this is was initiated, or what Abram had to do to walk into this covenant, is what we call the walk of faith. God asked him to trust him, to take a step, to move from a place where he had dwelled, from a culture in which he dwelled, from a belief system in which he lived in, and to become, or to trust God, and to pull out from the place where he had dwelled, where he was comfortable, into a promised land, the land of Canaan, which has become Israel. Israel. So, I want to read this to you in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4, part of 4. It says this The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on the earth, will be blessed through you. So Abram went out as the Lord told him. Here we see the covenant that God cut with Abram, but we begin to see the importance of learning and understanding how the walk of faith correlates to how we understand the promises of God or the covenant of God. God spoke to Abram. He told him what he was going to do. He offered him the promises. I'm going to bless you. I'm gonna turn you into a nation. Through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, but you need to go where I tell you. And even though that sounds like a wonderful promise, and, and can I, I'm gonna stop and say this that God still speaks the same way to us. He speaks through the word of God that same way to us, He speaks prophetically that way as well. He calls us into the big, He calls us into the unknown. But the way that we get there is through the walk of faith, by trusting Him, by taking a step of obedience. Now let's unpack this idea a little bit about what just happened here in Genesis 12, 1 through 4 Because the covenant speaks many things. The first thing, as I mentioned already, is this. And this is important, and I want to encourage you to write this down. Because it speaks about the character of God. Is that covenant comes after man's fall, but is greater than man's sin. God was never tripped up about sin. This is very important because when we have an unhealthy balance where we look through the lens of the law, what happens is that we focus too much on sin. But the sin issue has been solved, it has always been solved. That is why the scripture says this about Jesus Christ. He is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And we're going to talk about how this idea of time plays into our walk of faith. God is not bound by time. He stands outside of time. That is why there is not a sin that a human being that can commit that is greater than the grace of the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay? Okay? But what this speaks of is this, the heart of God, the heart of our Father, to understand that He has always held us in covenant. And covenant speaks to relationship. Covenant speaks to the origin of what God created man for, relationship. The second thing that this tells us about is that this, this call, the call and the importance of the people of God. In Genesis 12, 1-4, what we see is the foundation of the nation of Israel. And this is significant. This is something that any believer who desires to grow, especially in what we call eschatology, which is the study of end things, needs to firmly fix their eyes on Israel. Alright, now I'm going to just very gently hop up onto a small soapbox And burst some bubbles, hopefully, in a lot of grace. But the United States of America is not in a prophetic timeline. All right, just ducking punches, all right. I don't think Israel is, okay? So as you see things downslide in our country or upslide or whatever slide you think they're on, right? Don't Get out of focus because Israel is the picture. And we see the foundation of this promise spoken here in Genesis 12. That is why we pray for the peace of Israel. That is why we support Israel. That is why we evangelize Israel. It is God's people. All right, okay, a little bit. All right, let's keep going. But this covenant also links us as Gentiles into this spiritual inheritance that God gave Abraham. Is that even though this sets the foundation for Israel and the significance of Israel as a prophetic timeline and the promises that God has sustained and will sustain for Israel and will keep Israel this is not exclusionary. This actually pulls us as Gentiles, as non-Jews, into the promise that God gave. And where we see this fulfilled is through Jesus Christ. The fulfillment of this covenant came through Jesus. I want to read something to you in Galatians 3, 6-9, through 9, and then verse 14. Paul, speaking here to the church in Galatia, says this, So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. There's a lot that can be said about that. This is important in your walk of faith. Because the word faith means is the Greek word pistos, that means trust, to believe. We could read that like this, So also Abraham put his faith in God, and it was credited to him as Righteousness. Verse 7, understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. That's what we're reading right here in Genesis chapter 12. The covenant pronounced or spoke of the gospel that is fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Do you see that? All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Verse 14 of Galatians 3. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith, we might receive the promise of the Spirit. And what Paul is speaking about is this. Is that in Genesis 12, when God called... Abraham to himself as a nation, it wasn't just the nation of Israel, but it was a people who would hear the voice of God eventually through Jesus Christ and receive it by faith that would come into that inheritance. And that inheritance is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. That inheritance is the Holy Spirit of God. That is what we have. That is what we are walking to. That is what we walk by faith to. The covenant that we read about here in Genesis 12 also speaks about the character of God, which is very important because if we're going to learn how to walk in, in the journey of faith, what we need to understand is the one that we're following, the one that we are being led by. I think that a lot of times, if we're honest, that our struggle comes into some wrong perceptions about the character of God and it inhibits our walk of faith sometimes we get into a goodness verse punishment concept about God and it speaks to what we believe to be true about the character of God meaning this that if we're good God blesses us but if we're bad he punishes us and that's not what the covenant speaks about Sometimes we have a wrong perception about that, but what the covenant does is clarifies the very character of God. And what it speaks about is this, is that He is faithful. That He is good. That He is good. He is faithful. He is good. He is provider in all things. And He is protector. Now let me explain this in just a little bit, okay? And so that we understand this is in our walk of faith, us trusting God brings us into the knowledge, the revelation of His character. We begin to walk in that truth. We begin to trust that truth. But that truth is not dependent upon our situations and our circumstances. You can receive the faithfulness of God even though you feel like your world is crashing in. You can walk in the knowledge of the goodness of God even though things are coming against you. You can see God as the provider even though you don't see the resources in front of you. There have been times in my my faith walk where I've heard God say, go. I'm going to talk a little bit about this in just a moment. And there was nothing in front of me. But because I know the character of God, I know He's provider. See, it's not dependent upon what you see. You can know God as protector, even though there are things coming against you. If you don't believe me, read the Psalms. Read Psalm 23. You set a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He is protector. All right. The covenant was realized in faith and still is. That's what Galatians 3:14 tells us. And this is why. Understanding the importance of our walk of faith is significant because we see the fullness of what God is calling us into, the promises that He's calling us into, by faith. And finally, the covenant is perfect. The covenant is perfect. And thus, by the promises of God, makes us perfect. Meaning this, the word perfect is not perfect in terms of you're not making mistakes or you thinking that you've got it all together. The word perfect in a spiritual sense is this, is that you're complete, lacking nothing. That in every situation, in everything that comes against you, whether you are abased or you are abound, as the Apostle Paul writes, that you delight in the knowledge of the love of God. Because the covenant is perfect and He who created the covenant God, by way of His promises, we, too, are held in that, and we become perfect in Him. All right, so let's talk about why the walk of faith is important, okay? Now, it's important to understand the covenant of God, and I know this is a little teachy, and it's not what I normally do, but I want to I line this out, because it's important to understand the character of God when it comes to the walk of faith, because you're not going to trust what you don't know, okay? Okay? You're not going to trust what you don't know. And some of your thinking needs to get renewed. Like some of your thinking about God needs to get renewed. And by understanding the nature of the covenant, it helps to renew our understanding about the character of God and what He's done and what He's given us. And who He is. So, why is the walk of faith important? The first thing, and again, if you want, please write these down. The walk of faith will pull you into the future that God has called you to. Our journey with God is one of great joy and adventure, but it has to be undertaken by faith. It has to be undertaken by faith. God is always pulling us into our future. God is not dealing with your past. He has satisfied that. He has met that. He will heal that, but He is not talking about your past. He is talking about your future. We serve a God that is pulling us into our future. And the thing about our future is that it's unseen, isn't it? Oh, and that makes it so scary if we're honest. And that's one of our, our fears with walking in faith is because we're walking into what we don't see. But this is where we begin to understand the great pleasure of God and see His goodness. And begin to trust Him in a way that we could never trust Him before is when we begin to take that step of faith. And that is why we have to walk in the future God has called us to by faith it's got to be bigger than you because if it's not bigger than you then it is not going to be something that god can do that's why when we read genesis 12 we see this and a lot of times we don't understand because we have this uh back-sided perception of abram abraham we don't really know him as abram we know him as abraham but before Genesis twelve, Abram didn't have a God understanding. Commentaries and scholars tell us is this is that he grew up in a nomadic uh, culture, and that his his father and his grandfathers and, and the people before him that associated in his tribe that they worshipped gods plural. And so when God speaks to him in Genesis 12, it is new, it is fresh, and believe it or not, it's scary. Now, if you've never moved out of your hometown, the place where you're the utmost comfortable with, you've got to know that taking that step of faith to get out and to move into some place that is unknown is scary. So why does God ask us to do these things? Why does he pull us into things that are beyond ourselves? And the answer is simple, because we get to see the depth of his goodness and his grace and his supernatural power working in us. We grow in the knowledge of who he is as we take a step of faith. The second reason why the walk of faith is important is because it's one of the ways that we see the goodness of God. We sing a lot about the goodness of God and we desire to see the goodness of God in a real way and some of us have but I want to tell you that the, the times where my life has been impacted the most by the goodness of God has been when I am walking the walk of faith. When Kim and I, oh man, I lose track of time. It's been 20 years. Oh, I'm not that old. When I say that, I really don't feel like I'm that old. I mean, I'm 32. I lied. You're like, no kidding. All right. Give you guys a chance to laugh. We were sitting in this church as youth pastors in a a beautiful season of our life. I loved youth pastoring and being associate pastor here. I loved it. And this was back in the late 90s and early uh, 2000s. And God was doing so many great things and and uh the Lord began to stir our hearts, Kim and I, that there's a new season and I thank God for um Pastor Monty who 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 heard the Lord and came up and he said, Andy, the, the Lord is going to give you an opportunity. He's gonna move you, and it's okay. You need to do it. And I was like, What? Are you firing me? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was, he was listening to the Lord. And about a week later, I got a call from one of my youth pastors growing up who was with the Four Square Denomination. And they said, listen, we're doing a huge initiative in the, West, in the East Coast where I'm from, Washington, D.C. Don't boo me. And they said, listen, we're planting churches. Would you consider doing that? And something leapt in my heart, in Kim's heart. And we went up. And I've told this story. And some of you have heard this story before. Some of you haven't. And as we had that just confirmed that God was asking us to do that, to be a part of that. We packed our U-Hauls, plural. And I want to just tell you, just side note, don't ask me to move, okay? Because I hate moving, right? I hate packing and I hate moving. And uh, so I'm throwing stuff in there. We're loading up our little kids. We had four of our five and we're, we're, we're heading up there. And that's a big scary thing. At the time, my mom had already passed away. My dad was disabled with a stroke. Um, It wasn't, even though it was home, it wasn't wasn't home home. And so what happened was this, is that we go up and our U-Hauls are packed. We don't have a place to live. And so literally, we don't have a place to stop to park our U-Haul at. We had looked for homes that we could get into. And on the way there, a realtor calls us. It says, listen, we found a spot for you. We found a spot for you. It was a beautiful farm home on, the middle of the, on an acre of land, tree lined. It was amazing. It was gorgeous. What am I telling you? Is that the walk of faith calls you into the unknown. But when you understand that God is provider, when you take a step of faith, it gives you an opportunity to see His goodness. And then years later, we came back. And let me go back to that story because it has significance in Maryland. It has significance in the walk of faith because I've I've wrestled and I've battled with this. So we started a church and it, it just didn't happen. And my best friend growing up, his older brother, also started a church nearby. And we ended up merging those churches. And about two years later, we felt like the Lord said, go ahead and leave. My dad had passed away. And it was a very hard time for us to understand because in my natural understanding, what I felt like is that I failed. I felt like I took a step of faith. I felt like I heard the Lord. I I had the counsel and the wisdom of people that the Lord had put in my life that I trusted, saying green light, green light, green light, go. And I felt like I failed. And for years and years and years, I dealt with that. Until the Lord said this to me. Andy, what do you think I was asking you to do? Well, I said, Lord, I thought you were asking me to plan a church. The Lord said, no, I was asking you to trust me. Did you see my faithfulness? Yes. There are times in our faith journey that they don't make sense. But when we understand the character of God, and I hope you catch this as being good, we begin to trust Him. It's not based in our understanding or our ability to understand what's happening and what we see in our natural eyes, but God is doing something spiritually powerful. So you fast forward uh, four years, And I was at a place in my life for the first time in my life that I was not in ministry. There were six months of my life after I graduated Bible school that I was not doing ministry in a full-time capacity, officially. I was here, I was doing, I was serving, I was doing that, but I knew what God had called me to do. I got onto the website the only time that I've ever applied for a job. I went onto the website of the college that I graduated, Christ for the Nations University in Dallas, Texas. They had job postings. And all of them said Texas except for one, and one said Los Angeles. And I didn't even look, I just applied to the Los Angeles one. And I went down to Los Angeles, we got an interview, we went down, the Lord began to open up doors. I, interviewed with this church I loved it it was a youth pastor position I was like yes this is good I didn't know how much it paid I literally had an elder of the church walk up to me as I spoke on a Sunday evening and look at me and say do you know how much this pays and I looked dead back at him and I said no I don't and he just turned around his face went blank and he walked away I didn't realize that they could barely pay me a part-time salary. And let me tell you something, in Los Angeles with five kids, that goes nowhere. Nowhere. And I looked at Kim, and I said, do you want to do this? And she said, yes. I said, so do I. I said, so we're going to trust the Lord. Yep, we're going to trust the Lord. And you know what my wife did is that she took my little girls, and they began to pray. (laughs) And they begin to ask the Lord for some things. Not big things. Not dumb things. Not selfish things. Hey, but we want a house in a community with other kids. Hey, we want to go to a school where we can make friends and have some Christian teachers. That's a big prayer in Los Angeles. My brother-in-law and I, Jason... We drove down the U-Hauls two days before my family comes down. And I literally pulled into the neighborhood that we were going to be living in. And all I saw were brick stucco walls. And I drove by the elementary school that my kids were going to be in. And there was a 20-foot high fence around it. And I I literally called my wife and I said, I think you should stay. I don't know that we can do this. She said, no, it's going to be okay. We go there we get established, I get a job, we're in a community where there are little kids all around, our neighbor who does not know Jesus, she's older, and her husband, my wife begins to minister to, begins to tell her about Jesus, has an opportunity to pray for her, we go into that school, the principal is a Jewish lady, my kids, teachers are all believers. My wife is given a position as the head of the PTA. Our church begins to go in there and do collaborated efforts to begin to give uh, bicycles to needy kids. What am I telling you is this, is that you don't realize the goodness of God until you take a step of faith and begin to trust Him. And we can sing and cry and beg for the goodness of God all day long. But until you realize who He is and the unknown where He calls you into the promises, you will not see the goodness of God. I'm getting a big amen there. Thank you, Guinevere. I'm glad you're responding. Leave her in here. At least she's agreeing with me. As long as you want, Erica, I don't care. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings and all your ways submit them to Him and He will make your path straight. Okay. Okay, this is a bit redundant, but, but write it down if you're taking notes. Faith releases a supernatural work of God in our lives. Alright, we're walking past our abilities and our strengths. God's pulling us into this. Alright, the last reason why the walk of faith is important is this. Is that the walk of faith puts our attention on the work of God in other people's lives. One of the things about faith is this, is it requires us to see not in our natural again, but to see through the lens of the Spirit. And when we learn to walk the walk of faith, we stop seeing through our natural eyes. And that means this, is that we don't see people through our natural eyes either. If God can move us, then He can move others. If God can move Abram, He can move Andy. And if He can move Andy He can move anybody. He can move the Starbucks Bartista. He can move the drive-through guy. He can move the corner store guy. He can move my next-door neighbor. He can move the hardened atheist down the road. He can move anybody. He can move the shift worker who is miserable. He can move anybody. He can move the drug-addicted. He can move the broken marriage He can move anything. If God can move Abram and God can move Andy, God can move anything. And the eyes of faith pull us out of the natural and put us on the supernatural. And when we begin to see through the lens of the supernatural, we begin to see people, not as their issues or their problems or the way we see them, but we begin to see them through the eyes of heaven, through God's eyes. Okay. Now let's talk about how we walk the walk of faith. We're going to bring this, bring this all together, okay? Now this is, again, I'm, I know I'm asking you to take notes, but make sure you're writing this stuff down. All right, if we're going to walk the walk of faith, first thing we have to do is we have to submit ourselves to the truth, the truth of God's word, past our feelings, past our feelings. There will always be a confrontation in what you feel when it comes to your walk of faith, and you have to anchor yourself in the word of God. In order to be truly conformed to the truth of the word of God, you you have to submit yourself to it. The walk of faith requires us to say, God, you are wholly true. You are wholly true. You're not partially true. You're wholly true. What you say is true. And I'm going to conform myself into the image of your word. And it has to move past my feelings. That arrogant late 20-something-year-old who headed out to Maryland and saw the goodness of God, who thought that he could go march in there and had a plan and had an agenda based off of the prophetic promises and what God was saying, was quickly corrected. And it came through a humble submission to the truth of the Word of God. And it had to move past my feelings. Had to move past my feeling of rejection. It had to fi- move past my feeling of pride. Had to be repented of. Had to move past my feelings of past experiences. God, you did this, you did this. Just because God did something some way in the past doesn't mean He's going to do it the same way for you. Just because God, and listen, I want to tell you something. You know what really got up under my skin? Is that I wasn't the only church planner is that there were other young guys, younger than me, coming up and blowing up. And God had to say, Andy, you can't submit yourself to your feelings. You have to submit yourself to what I said, to the truth of my word. Hope that makes sense. Because when we walk by faith, it's going to confront wrong thinking within us. But God will create a new mindset within you if you submit yourself wholly to the word of God. And if you're going to walk by faith, you have to submit yourself wholly to the Word of God. And it has to move past your feelings. It has to move past your feelings. Your feelings cannot lead you when it comes to the walk of faith. All right. the second thing is, when we talk about the walk of faith, is that if you're going to walk in faith, you have to start the journey of maturity. The journey of maturity. A couple of ideas around this idea of maturity. And listen to these, please is that the first is this, is that your journey of faith, even though God calls you, He calls you personally, or you and your spouse, or whatever it is, your family, you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. We need people who hear God to be in our corners and to be able to speak into our lives. If you don't have anybody that you are allowing to speak into your life, your journey of faith will be sidetracked. Whether you're just walking and trying to go deeper with the Lord, or whether you're following Him in something that is unknown, a promise, if you do not have people that you are submitted to, that God has put in your life, that hear the Lord, that have the ability to speak into your life, you will be sidetracked in your journey and your walk of faith. This is part of maturity. How God has fitted us, fit us together. This is what Ephesians tells us. That you're not a lone ranger. You're not doing this by yourself. This isn't your solo mission with God. God never created it that way. We do this in a, together. We have to give people the availability that God has put in our life. And again, I know that comes with a lot of times... Uh, some time where we figure that out and we see those people and we trust those people, but we have to give those people that God's put in our life the ability to speak into our life to deal with negative emotions. I could tell you guys so many stories. There was a, 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 a Foursquare um, national director who was responsible for, for all of the, the church plants on the East Coast. His name's Daniel Brown. Phenomenal man of God. Oh, but we butted heads, and there were some things I didn't understand, and again, there's a reason why I'm telling you these stories, because I'm not just coming to you and just laying out this on an academic or just on a a binary, a mind scale. I want you to feel the, the heart of this. Do you understand that? Like, you have to see this and work, okay? And so this relationship that I have with Daniel Brown, I remember specifically one conversation where... We were in a training meeting, and I, I just got something up my crawl. You know what I'm saying? Like a bad attitude. You know what I'm saying? I, I'd say that a lot different in a different... <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> y'all think I'm real nice. and <laughs> But I was being a, a, um, a poo-poo face, all right? <laughs> How do you want me to say it? I don't know. Right? <laughs> all right. And I knew I was, and I just was like, you know. And he just kind of looked at me and he checked me. And immediately I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and I was like, oh, you dummy, you arrogant, arrogant, arrogant man who somehow thought that the calling of God meant that you take the reins and you figure this out in your strength and your wisdom because you're so smart, and you're so strong and so capable. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit hit me, and so after the meeting, I followed him to his car, and I I said, Daniel, I am so sorry, please forgive me. And his response back to me shocked me. And he said, Andy, it's, it's not me that you need to apologize to, it's the Lord and the other people. And immediately, he checked something in me that the Lord wanted checked in me. Because my attitude did not just affect my faith walk, it affected the other people around me. And by allowing my attitude to go unchecked, it wasn't just harming me, it was harming everybody. And by harming everybody, I was dishonoring the Lord. But I want to tell you, if you don't have somebody who can speak into your life and call out some of the wrong feelings that you're going to be tempted to walk into, as you walk your walk of faith, you're going to get sidelined. And it's a step of maturity. It's a step of maturity. What's amazing about Daniel is that he didn't get his feelings hurt. And I want to tell you something. I maintained a relationship with Daniel well after my time that I left Washington, D.C. And he mentored me and he loved me and he spoke into my life. The other process of maturity involves that we always start small. And if you're going to walk the walk of faith, you have to start your journey of maturity. And that doesn't just mean putting people around you that can speak into your life, but it also means that you have to be faithful in the small things. You have to be faithful in the way you speak, in the way you respond, in the way that you speak to yourself, and how you serve. If we think about this through the context of the lens of the Apostle Paul, we see through his writings over and over again his willingness to get onto the most basic level with anybody that God called him to to plant a church with any area, any city, any people group that he was willing to serve at the lowest level. But he also understood his apostolic authority that God had given him and what God had called him to and the the, the message and the mission of the gospel that God had asked him to speak. He understood it. Over and over again, he measured his words on how he spoke to people. How he responded. And there were ample opportunities. If you don't believe me, read First and Second Corinthians. They out and out mocked Paul. The church. They aggressively turned their back on Paul. They belittled Paul. And if you were to read that without the understanding of the background and the commentary, you would not know that there was ample opportunity for Paul to be offended and to respond ugly. But he measured his response. And it's a mark of maturity that speaks to the journey of faith. We have to let the Holy Spirit control these things. Paul himself is the one who wrote that I mentioned earlier. That I move on past the things. Even though I, the chief sinner, have so many things that I can look back and say, here is a resume as why God should not choose me or should not love me. I move past those things into the future. The high calling of God that He has called me toward in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? Maturity also involves if it involves people and accountability, if it, if it involves us starting small and allowing the Holy Spirit to measure our walk of faith in the smallest things. Maturity also involves using the wisdom that God has given us. And there's not a walk of faith or a calling that God will call anybody into that will not absolutely line up with the Word of God. Whatever God calls you to will 100% line up with the Word of God. Whatever God calls you to, it is wisdom to allow the counsel and the accountability that God has spoken in your life to give it the green light. And that means if you're married, listen, husbands, wives, God's not calling you in two separate directions. I'm sorry, I don't want to be that pastor who, who deflates. If God calls you one, He moves you the same direction. I thank God for the opportunity that I've had that God has done to put people in my life that I listen to, that, that, that I hear, that, that over time that I've, I've trusted their voice. And when I feel God's seeing something or speaking something to me, I seek the counsel of God in those areas. We also use, when we talk about the wisdom of God and how it collaborates with faith. I hope this makes sense. Is this making sense with everybody? So far, pretty good, okay. So it has to line up with the Word. It's good to get, get green-lighted by people that you trust, that God has given you a relationship with, that's speaking to your life. But we also use discernment. And where discernment plays into the walk of faith is understanding the timing of God. Alright? I want to talk about that for just a little bit, okay? Okay. When We take a step toward our faith, and this is another key to walking the walk of faith, is you have to take a step. Here is the thing. Is that when God calls us, He calls us into the big. And again, there's a reason to that because he himself is big. He himself wants to display his glory through you. He himself wants to show you his goodness to tr- for you to know to trust him as provider, as protector, as supplier. And so he calls us into the big. But because faith calls us into the big, sometimes it's overwhelming. And this is where discernment comes into play. Is that we have to understand and know God's timing. and I want to talk about timing. Justin you can come on up, man. There's two Greek words in, that are used in the New Testament that talk about timing, and I want to share these with you. All right? And it's the Greek word Kairos" and then Chronos. And Chronos is where we get our measurement of time: your watch, your phone, your stopwatch. Seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, years. That's chronos. But kairos is a different term. It's, a, it's an implied point in the future that is filled with hope. And specifically within the Christian context, it is the way that God speaks to us. So when the prophetic happens, it doesn't happen necessarily in the chronos. A lot of times when you receive a prophetic word, you don't hear in two months, you don't hear next week, you don't hear on May 2020. What you hear is the truth of what God is saying to you. And the reason why is because that is a a timing that is held by God. And it is implicitly connected to our walk of faith, our ability to hear Him and to trust Him. And the reason why God speaks in the, in the Kairos and not the Chronos is because of this. Is that God is not bound by time. When the calling that God had with Abram was spoken in Genesis 12, God knew that Abram was going to walk through many things before he realized that. And as a matter of fact, he didn't fully realize the fulfillment of the promise that was spoken in Genesis 12. He didn't see the nation. He didn't fully see all the peoples being blessed through him. But God wasn't speaking in the Kronos, he was speaking in the Kairos. Kairos. And what God saw was through the act of obedience of Abram's faith that me, that you, were going to be tied into the promise that was seen through Jesus Christ. And through the act of faith fulfilled through Jesus Christ that we are brought into the blessing of God. And in the same way when God calls you You have to understand that there may be a process that you walk through as you learn to trust God, as you learn to rely upon Him, as you learn to walk by faith that leads up to that place of that moment where God unfolds the bigness of what He's saying. But what you don't do is give up. What you don't do is get frustrated. What you don't do is look at God and say, when? You don't do that. You say, God, I trust you because of who you are, the covenant God. You are good. You are provider. You are faithful. You are protector. See, God protects every word He speaks. He protects it because He will perform it. And when we learn to understand and discern What happens is that the walk of faith begins to be a place where we rest. I don't have to worry about trying to make the prophetic things that God has called me to happen. I don't have to do that. It is not my responsibility. God will perform it. He will do it. When will He do it? When it's the right time. When the moment lines up. And it's time to do what he has called me to do. And I don't have to worry. My job is to trust him and to keep walking toward what he said. My job is to be faithful in what he has given me every day. The pastor of the church that I worked under in Los Angeles, his elderly dad, who was full-on Irish. And I could barely understand him. I'm not going to try to mimic his accent. But he would tell me all the time, by an inch, it's a cinch. By a mile, it's a trial. His name is Bob. Is Bob. I say, thanks, Bob. But I realize there's so much truth you can apply that to in the walk of faith. Because when I lose sight and I say, God, I'm, I'm so eager. God, I'm ready. God, when, when, what? Oh, come on, come on. Ah, when? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. What I'm doing is I'm not trusting. And I'm not learning and I'm not growing. And I'm not realizing the relationship that God delights in when we learn to know Him as the covenant God. When we begin to experience that joy and that peace of being able to trust the one who called us. All right, last one. Feed your faith. Feed your faith. If you're going to walk the walk of faith, not only do you have to walk toward maturity and submit yourself to the word fully and wholly and understand that God's timing is perfect, but you have to feed your faith. Feed on great stories of faith. Feed on great stories of faith. My last soapbox of the day is this is that there's an unfortunate trend within the Christian community that deals with too much self-help. And there's a place for that, and it's valuable, it's an important. There's an importance to emotional healing, there's an importance to all these things. But if all you hear is this, and I say this in tremendous grace and tremendous love, because I do also understand that there's seasons we walk through that we need things more than other things, and it's Okay. But hear me on this, is that if you're called to the walk of faith, if you are walking towards something God has called you to, everybody here is called toward the walk of faith, is that you got to feed your faith. you got to feed your faith. You need to hear stories of faith. If you don't know who Smith Wigglesworth is, write it down. Google him. Get an audio book. He's long past. He's in heaven. But there's books that he's written that are audio books. Or read his book. He was a man of faith. He was a man that every day would spend time in prayer. And wait for God to speak to him. He wouldn't leave his home until God spoke to him. And whatever God said to him, he would go. There's a story. I know I've told this story before. Where God told him to go sit on a bench in a park. And he didn't doubt God. He trusted God. He went there. And God brought a man. Sat down right beside Smith who needed to hear the message of the gospel, and Smith Wigglesworth led him to Jesus. But his, his life story when he came, and all he was, was a simple plumber. He wasn't an educated man by his own admission. He was just a plumber. He was stuck in the world. He was a worldly, worldly person. And this is what I love about this, is because if God can call Smith Wigglesworth, and this is a man who was radical about his faith, He wouldn't let people pray if they didn't pray in faith with him. If somebody came and said, will you come to the hospital and pray for my wife? The question he would ask the husband is this, do you have faith for her to be healed? And if he said no, he kicked kicked him out of the room. You go, oh, that's extreme, man. That's extreme. But I want to tell you something. Listen, when you read the Bible, you're not reading about journeys of faith that are measured and temperedness, but you're reading about journeys of faith that require faith to be fed, and you got to feed yourself on things of faith. There's a great book by Robert Slierdon called God's Generals. Write that down and get that book, it's stories after stories after stories. Of normal men and women who God used powerfully. Powerful testimonies of faith. Listen to the right podcasts that feed your faith. Why? Because Romans 10, 17 tells us this. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. You need to feed your faith. If you're going to walk by faith, you have to feed your faith. If you can justify your faith, if you can reconcile it in your own wisdom, you're probably not being stretched far enough. (laughs) That's that's such a dangerous statement. You're going, "Mm, I don't know if I agree with that. It's okay. But when we cry out for the prophetic and the deep things of God, understand that God will take you into the very deepest part of himself that will require you to be stretched. But he doesn't do it without the knowledge of who he is. And that's why it's easy. And the the, the walk of faith starts with yes. With yes. With yes. Our response to faith needs to be yes. Needs to be yes. I want to leave you with this promise and this is it. In Philippians 1, 4 through 6. Because some of you this morning, you're saying, listen, there's things God's promised you that you have yet to see. And your response to it still needs to be yes. You need to understand that God's not on the Kronos. He is on the Kairos and he's going to protect what he said he would do. Feed your faith. Feed your faith. Ground yourself wholly to the word of God. Walk in maturity. Walk past your feelings. Walk into the depth of the spirit. Philippians, 4, Philippians 1, 4-6 says this. Paul writes this. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that He who has begun a good work and you will carry it on unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That He who has begun, He has spoke, He who has promised, he who has declared will complete it until the coming of Christ Jesus. God protects his word in you. And our response is yes, yes, yes. Let me pray for you this morning. I want you just to bow your heads and close your, close your eyes. And our, our time of ministry is going to come right at your seat. There's a lot of things that we discussed this morning and there's different areas and some of you kind of feel maybe your heart pricked a little bit in different parts of the message. And So your response is this. Wherever you feel that you need to take a step toward your faith in whatever area, in whatever area you need help and some of you just you simply get your minds renewed to the truth of who God is. But He is a covenant-giving God. That He is good, He is faithful. He is a protector of the things that He's promised, a protector of your life and the provider of all the things that you need. You need to let the Holy Spirit just begin to deal with you in that area to renew your understanding of who God is, who the Father is. Some of you this morning need to. You say, "Listen, I need to. I need to anchor myself wholly in the truth of what God's saying." I'm, I'm dealing with a little bit of double mindedness. And James writes about that. He talks about that kind of faith that's so challenging. He says a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. But you don't get out of double mindedness on your own accord. It comes when we submit to the Holy Spirit and we say, Holy Spirit, I trust you. I trust the word of God holy in my life. Some of you, you need to look at what you feel like God has called you to in your walk of faith and make sure that it is under the, the banner of maturity. That you're not operating as a lone ranger and you're not blowing past your checkpoints. And that you're not walking past the place of wisdom. I want to speak to those people for just a moment and say, that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you or He hasn't called you. But it's time to come in for a pit stop. And to hear the Holy Spirit fresh again. To let Him speak to you. I think for most of us today, To allow the Holy Spirit to just give us an understanding of the kairos of His calling, of His words, of His words of life. And those things come down to the most specific areas, whether you feel called specifically to something, to a task, an assignment, a change, whatever it is, or in general, in our walk of faith, to trust Him more, to go deeper. That we would have the discernment to hear the kairos. That God, You set these things in motion before time. And that we can trust Your timing. That we're going to take our eyes off of our watches and off of our calendars when it comes to what You are doing in our life. But trust You. And walk in the joy of relationship with You as we walk this walk of faith. And my prayer for you this morning, for us this morning is this, that we would see the fulfillment of what Jesus said when He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take my yoke upon you. That we would in turn just say, Jesus, we trust You. God, that You would help us to all feed our faith on the right things. To balance out our diet as we desire to grow in our walk of faith. Our answer would be yes. So Father, I pray for each one of us. Our chairs our altar, this morning. And Lord, we consecrate our hearts to You. And we thank You for who You are, that You are the covenant loving God who calls us, who calls us, who calls us into a future, into a hope. And God, I just declare that over every person that they would know the knowledge and the depth of Your love in a very, very real and deep way. And understand the reality of the the specialness of which you call each one of them, that you know them by name. God, you're able to take even the low points of our life and turn them in to be used for your glory, God. And I thank you for that. For some people here, that's their journey. Lord, we trust you. So Holy Spirit, just release your life and cause faith to grow in a very deep, deep way in each one of us as we trust you just right where you are just consecrate that part of your life to the Lord whatever it is wherever you say God I want to grow I need help I need to trust you I need to hear you Lord we consecrate that part of our life to you we give you control of it and we thank you we thank you for what you're doing in us we thank you that faith is growing inside of us. Thank you, Lord. 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 I thank you, God, that you move past the unseen. Uh, or that you call us into the depth of who you are. Father, I pray for every person here, Lord, that's needing to take a step into the unseen, Lord, where they need courage. I just, Holy Spirit, we just invite your courage and your strength to surround them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Would you stand to your feet? Go ahead and stand to your feet. Man, we would love to spend some time up here at the altar praying for anybody who needs prayer for anything. We'll have some ministry people up here to pray. And, and uh, some. Uh, I'll be up here. Next week, it's going to be a special week. Um, Pastor Marla is going to be sharing with you guys. I'm going to be ministering at another church. And then um, I haven't really spoke a whole lot about this, but in July the 16th through the the 29th, I'll be in Romania. Okay? Um, Working with, um, actually joined with Pastor Ken. And we're going to be building a home in uh, Romania for a gypsy family and doing some ministry there. So I'm super excited about that. You're going to have some great speakers who are going to be coming in while I'm gone. Pastor Spud will be sharing. It's good to hear his heart of evangelism. He loves people, and that's such an important thing to hear. And I got a very, very special friend of mine who I am so excited for you guys to hear. Pastor Chad West over at Gateway Church in Silsby is coming, and you are going to love this guy. He is a fireball and full of joy, and you're going to love him. All right, and uh, and so I want to just tell you all that, and uh, also have you guys in prayer uh, for what God's going to do. Believing God for powerful things in Romania, I'm super excited to be able to do this. First time out of the country in a long time. Hopefully they don't keep me. You know, I'm just joking. You guys are like, like, no, that's all right. <laughs> so my wife's like, man, eh, keep them for a while. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, it's going to be so fun. I'm I'm super super excited about all that. Um, and also, just a couple of things too, and I'm going to bless you in a second, I know you're standing up and you're hungry, but that's okay, you can, you can wait just a few more minutes, is that we do have some other fun activities that we are uh, going to be doing this this summer. One of them that Kim didn't mention is actually um, laser tag on steroids, played with uh, bow and arrow. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. It's not a real arrow, it's a, it's a, it's a life-size bow, drawstring bow with an arrow that has like a giant pad at the end of it, but you uh, wear face masks and goggles and you play against, you know, people like you would play laser tag, right? You get but you get to actually pull back the drawstring and shoot it. And so Ronnie told me he's gonna shoot Charlotte, you know, and I was like, okay, that's fine. You can do that, you know. And uh so you can bring your spouse out on that that event and like, you know, <laughs> Just tell them how much you love them. You know, <laughs> y'all come on, guys, laugh a little bit. All right, it's going to be so fun. We'll play it out in the field. And uh, hey, man, I thought you were Justin. You're not. You're Bryce. All right, and um, I was like, that is so pretty. Wow, Justin. No, I'm just <laughs> oh, guys, I'm in a good mood. I love y'all so much. And let me just bless you, Father. I just declare the grace of God over every person, Lord. Thank you, God. You know exactly what we need. And Lord, you are so good to us. And so, Lord, I just declare and ask, Father, that every person just drink from that beautiful cup of your goodness, God, that your mercy and your goodness would overwhelm us and surround us. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Hey, we love you. Be blessed. If you need prayer, come on up. All right, have a great day.